Welcome to Trinity. We're a church family learning how to follow Jesus in the city of Nottingham. Our vision is to see the church on fire and the city alive. Is everyone excited? Um, so I'm so, it's my, it's my privilege to be with you this morning. We're in Rhythms of Rest and we're going to talk about silence. So I brought something to help us talk about silence. Um, having seen Amy power through last week, I was kind of like, no, I can't do that. So I brought lots and lots of sweets. But the way that we're going to do this, we're going to think about what it means to meet God in silence. And for us to do that, children, children at the back, children who are all being really good, I need you to help me. I need you to help me, okay? So we're going to do, we're going to do something that the kids are going to help me with. And grown-ups, don't worry, you can join in as well. Are you excited? Someone, some people are excited. In a minute, we're going to read a Bible story from the Bible. Yes, this Bible, the, the Lion First Bible. But before that, kids, are you ready? We're going to play a game. And grown-ups, you can join in too. So, has anybody heard of a game called Bring Me? No, no one's heard of a game called Bring Me. It's very simple. You have to bring me whatever I tell you to bring me. So if someone could go and get me a coffee... No, I'm kidding. Um, So we're going to play Bring Me. I'm sure you already know how to play, but for those who don't, what's going to happen is I will say, bring me something, and the first person to get it to me gets a reward. Now, because I hate being left out, there will be one reward for children and one reward for grown-ups. So fear not, you will not miss out. You shouldn't trample children um, to get here. Um, But let me give you an example. So if I were to say, bring me a pen, and there's one under my chair, and Luke was to bring me a pen, and he was to get here first, he would be allowed to pick a prize. But he's my own child, so we're not going to do that because I'll be accused of favoritism. You've got a packet, so you can check. Another pen! Another pen! Why don't you pick one? Stop bringing pens. Stop bringing pens, all of you. So that was just an example. (laughs) I'm very generous. So um, I feel like we've sufficiently changed gear now that people are into it. That's good. Um, it's, It's exciting, right? Johnny's never done this in a sermon, has he? No. So I've got five things that I want you to bring me. They're not going to build into sermon points. It's just a game, okay? I'm not that clever. So are you ready for the first one? Children, are you ready? Grown-ups, are you ready? People that have seen Gladiator before, are you ready? (laughs) Brilliant, thank you. A few people. So the first thing that I want you to bring me is an item from the kids' craft table. It can be anything but not a pen. Oh, it's not a pen, it's not a pen. I'll give these two. I've got no grown-ups yet. You can pick one. You can pick one. You can pick one. I've got no grown-ups yet. <laughs> Here we go. I really thought you guys would be into this. That, uh, that's, that's a pen, but let's not. Okay. Stop. Okay, the second one. You're going to have to listen carefully. I want both of them, and I will ask for proof 
if I don't believe you. Okay? I want a left sock and a right shoe not on your feet. A left sock and a right shoe. A left so- We have a winner. <laughs> Here we go. There's no sock there. You've got to get a sock from someone else and come back. <laughs> You've already got one. Well done, Simeon. Look at you go. Do you want to pick a sweet? Are you going to leave me your shoe and your sock? I'll take two shoes. You've already got a Freddo. <laughs> We're like, just, there's more sweets coming for bit. Well done. Well done, Dee. That's so harsh, Mark. I know, but it's the rules. It's literally the rules. You just have to bring me what I said. It's not that complex. Thank you. Does anyone want... It's not bring and share. Um, okay. So the next thing that you need to bring me, and if you've already got a suite, you can't win anymore. Okay? Extra rules as we go. You, because, because, Fraser, I need some left for the end. <laughs> There's a point here. Um, okay, I need you to bring me something purple. Something purple. We'll accept it. Oh, hello. When uh, I'll, I'll, we can do that, Luke. But we've got three adults now. Adults are warming up. I think you've already had some. Well done. Well done. Grab one. I th- this is a disputed thing, but I think that's pink. Well done. Well done. Well done. Pick one. Thank you. Would you like to pick one? Well done. Okay. Okay. Next one has to be a physical thing. I need you to... Miles knows. Bring me a Bible. (laughs) Very strong. Very strong. Here we go. Yes. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. This is the world's most popular Bible. Um, That's literally what it says on the spine. Yep. Go ahead, grab one. grab one. You can grab one. Well done. Pardon? You're gluten free. I'm. These, these ones are gluten free. Oh, well done, Jill. You want the Bible back? I, I did think that through and do some research, but I'm doubting myself now. So if a parent could check, that would be amazing. Um, Okay, last thing, last thing, this is your last chance for glory, are you on the edge of your seat, and as you look too relaxed, (laughs) I need you to bring me a mobile phone, hey, hey, I'll keep these ones, Um, well done. Well done. Okay, okay, okay. Stop coming now. Stop coming now. I do need some left. Um, I, whose phone is this? Okay, okay. Whoa, well done, well done. You're missing one. That's your phone. Now, for everyone who had their phone out, can you now put it on silent? Because it's about silence this week. That's my transitional joke. If you want to laugh, feel free. Um, but I have, that's our last bring me, but I do have one last challenge for you kids. 
So kids, are you listening? Can you wave at me if you're listening? Can you do this? Can you do this? Let's not do all the letters. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do little teapot? Freestyling here. I haven't planned it. Kids, we're going to read a Bible story, so I need you to come where you can see the Bible for the Bible story, because I'm coming down here. And this is our reading today, so if you want to follow it, you can turn to 1 Kings 18, and we're going to read all the way through to 19, but because it's a kid's Bible, it's shorter than it sounds. I need the paper. Right, why don't you come where you can see, if you want to, kids, you can eat your sweets, and we'll all be silent. Wonderful. So what we're going to read is we're going to read about Elijah's big day. Have you guys heard of the prophet Elijah before? And have you heard about Elijah? Can you, does anyone know what his big day might be about? Because God loves him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. When he was burning the cow on fire. Check that out. Good knowledge here. If I still had my sweetie tub, I would give you more, but I haven't got it right now. So let me read you this story. Are you all listening? Are you all sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. So there had been no rain for a very long time. The king blamed Elijah. He was so angry that he wanted to kill him. But no parents have ever been there. But he couldn't find Elijah anywhere because God was keeping him safe. King Ahab did not care that his people were hungry and thirsty, but God did. We don't like King Ahab, so we boo him. Boo. Pantomime villain. Every time he comes up now, go to see the king. Boo. God said to Elijah, yay, and I will send rain. Here comes trouble, growled the king as soon as he saw Elijah. Yeah, boo, well done, Luke. If you would only listen to God instead of that block of stone you call Baal, there would be no trouble, said Elijah. Now, get everyone together and we'll see which is the real God. Well done. You guys have done this before, haven't you? You can't have God and Baal, said Elijah to the people. You must choose between them. We'll see which is the real God. Let's make two piles of stone, one for Baal and one for God. We'll put wood on top of the stones and meat, or a cow, on top of the wood. The real God is the one who can light the fire to cook the meat. Ooh, it's a good way to test it, isn't it? Wanted a barbecue. Yes, yes, the people shouted. The real God is the one who lights the fire. You first, Elijah said to Baal's people. So they made their pile of stones. They put wood on top of the stones and meat on top of the wood. Then they asked Baal to light the fire on top. What do you think happened? Do you think he lit the fire? No. 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 But nothing happened. Nothing at all. Can you see the pictures at the back? I'm sorry, I did look for them online, but this is all I could find. Um... Round and round their pile of stones, they danced, shouting, Answer us, Baal, answer us, Baal, answer us, Baal, answer us, Baal. But still nothing happened. Elijah began to tease them. 
Shout a bit louder. Perhaps Baal is asleep. Baal's people danced and danced till they were worn out. They screamed and shouted till they were hoarse. But still nothing happened. It's my turn now, Elijah said, and everyone gathered around to watch. Elijah made his pile of 12 big stones. He put wood on top of the stones and meat on top of the wood. And he made the people pour water all over it. That's the way to start a fire, isn't it? No. (laughs) Not every question is the answer yes um, today. Made the people pour water over it. That's not going to help, is it? Then Elijah talked to God. He didn't shout. He didn't dance. That was dancing. He didn't need to. He knew that God was listening. Listening. Let all the people see that you are the real God, Elijah said. At that very moment, the fire came. It burned the wet wood. The church was on fire. The city was alive. It roasted the wet meat. What a delicious smell. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all week. The people all bowed to the ground. This is the real God, they cried. The only real God. Then at last, God sent the rain. Very appropriate. The hungry, thirsty time was over. Now, King Ahab... His wife, Jezebel, she loved Baal. So when King Ahab went home and told her what Elijah had done, she was furious. Well done. Points. Queen Jezebel immediately sent a messenger to Elijah with a threat. (gasps) Baal will get you for this, and I'll get even with you. By this time tomorrow, you'll be in big trouble. So when Elijah saw how things were, he ran for dear life from the mountain he was on in the north to Beersheba, far in the south of Judea. He went all the way down. He left his young servant there and then went on into the desert another day's journey. And he came to a little tree, a bit like this one, and collapsed in its shade, wanting to be done with it all. Enough of this, God, he shouted. Exhausted, he fell asleep under the tree. And suddenly, an angel shook him awake and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and to his surprise, right by his head were a loaf of bread baked on some coals and a jug of water. Yummy. He ate the meal and went back to sleep. The angel of God came back, shook him again, and said, get up and eat some more. You've got a long journey ahead of you. So he got up, ate, and drank his fill and set out. Nourished by that meal, he walked 40 days and nights, all the way to the mountain of God, to Horeb. When he got there, he crawled into a cave, like this one, just like this. I think this is actually a picture of Elijah, and went to sleep. Then the word of God came to him. So Elijah, what are you doing here? I've been working my heart out for you, God, said Elijah. The people of Israel have turned from you, destroyed the temples, and killed your prophets. I'm the last one left, and now they're trying to kill me. Then God's word came to Elijah again. Go, stand on the mountain at attention before God. God will pass by. Now, I need you to help me make the noises. Are you ready? 
a hurricane wind. I have to say, the kids are doing this a lot better. And there is a prize at the end. And remember how good this was, yeah? There's a prize at the end for the best group of people that are joining in. Should have said that to you. Well done. Some people have really copied that noise and you got it. Well done. Made my heart happy. A hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God. But God wasn't in the wind, was he? No, he's not under there either. After the wind, there was an earthquake. Yeah, that's right. Come on, people. A little bit louder. Very good. That's your cardio for the day. But God wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. I'm so sorry. I don't know why all the noises are the same. No points for me. But God wasn't in the fire. After the fire, now we've got to do some really good listening for this. So can you show me your listening ears, everyone? You show them by putting your hands behind them for those that are not aware. After the fire, a gentle and quiet whisper came, like the sound of silence. Can you hear it? You can. You can if you listen with both your ears. A sound, a quiet whisper like the sound of silence. And when Elijah heard the quiet voice, he muffled his face with his great cloak. He went to the mouth of the cave and he stood there like in the picture. And he spoke with God. And I'll tell you a bit more about what God said to him in a minute. But I don't know if you heard it all the way through the story, but I heard lots of noises. And you helped me make them, didn't you? There's lots of noise in this story, and not all of it's at the end. There's Baal's people singing and dancing. There's the hurricane wind. There's the earthquake. There's the wildfire that all sounded remarkably similar. But God wasn't in those things, was he? He was in, he was in a still small voice like the sound of silence. So Elijah, in our story, it says that he doesn't have to dance or shout to get God's attention. Why? Because he knows God is listening. And God doesn't speak to Elijah through the loud things. His voice is a gentle and quiet whisper like the sound of silence. So I want you to show me, you've already showed me a little bit, how would you listen if you were listening for a quiet whisper like the sound of silence? How would you listen, Simeon, if you were listening for a quiet whisper? God speaks quietly. You listen like that. So you've already shown me some of your best listening, but I think the Bible says three things about when God speaks to us in the quiet. So I need you to help me because I've got pictures on the screen to help me remember the things that I'm going to say, but I can't remember all the things I'm going to say, so I need you to help me to remember what they are by telling me what the picture looks like, I think. So let's have our first picture. 
What do you think this person is feeling? I've heard, I've heard tired. I've also heard sad. I was expecting you to say sad. Worried. Sad. Yes. I think this person is not feeling happy. And what I want to say to you is three things about when God speaks to you in silence, what he says, and what it does. I just momentarily forgot that, but now you know where we're going. And so it's going to feel more like a three-point sermon, which is exciting for us all. When God speaks to you, what he says and what it does. How do we think this person is feeling? This person is feeling worried and tired and sad. This person is maybe feeling a little bit like Elijah was feeling when God speaks to him in the quiet. He's run away. Everything's gone wrong. And it says in Lamentations chapter 3, which I was reading earlier this week and has become very important to Herb and Jill in this time. In the message version, it says this, when life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. So when you're sad, when you're sad, it's a good time to put on your listening ears and listen for that still, small voice like the sound of silence and wait for God to come and speak. See, I think, I think God speaks to us in silence when we're sad. So that's our first picture. Can we have our second picture, please? This one's a little bit more complicated. Keep it clean. What's going on for this person? They're in love. They're in love, they're in love, and they don't care who knows it. Can't remember what that's from. Elf, there we are. They're in love, aren't they? They've got love eyes. I think this person loves something, or maybe someone special. And this picture, they love Jesus, yes. They love Jesus, all of you. Adults, grown-ups, you hadn't got there, had you? They love Jesus. This reminds me of Hosea chapter 2, which talks about God's people running away from him, and then God says what he's going to do. He says this. This is the message version again. I'm going to start all over again. I'm taking her, I'm taking these people back out into the wilderness where we had our first date, and I'll court her. I'll give her bouquets of roses. I'll turn Heartbreak Valley into acres of hope. See, God speaks to us in silence. God can speak to you in silence when you're sad. And what does he do? He tells you how much he loves you. He tells you how much he loves you. He takes his people out where there are no distractions so that you can hear him say, I love you. And we've got our third picture. Are you ready? What's this? the world, the earth. Yes. This is the world. Why am I showing you that? Because it's the last place. Because the last place I want to take you in the Bible is the beginning. I'll take you back to the start for Coldplay fans. Thank you. If we go all the way back to the beginning, to the first page of this Bible, what does it say? I want you to do what it says, okay? Everyone, I need everyone to join in. Are you ready? I'm going to read you all the story again. 
Close your eyes tight. Some people are not doing it. Close your eyes tight. Now it's all dark. Cover your ears. Now it's all quiet. Long ago, before the world began, everything was dark and everything was quiet. Then God spoke. You can uncover and open. When God spoke, what happened? All the beauty and the goodness of life came into being. It began. Everything was dark. Everything was quiet. And then life came fizzing into being. Because that's what happens when God speaks in the quiet. He makes things new, full of life and full of beauty and full of goodness and full of hope. And that is what this story of Elijah has reminded me as I've been thinking about this week. That God doesn't have to scream and shout in hurricanes and earthquakes and fires because his still small voice is enough. Now, I've been watching everyone as I've been talking and I have decided, and I am at the front so I, I win, I have decided that the kids did a much better job of joining in. Adults... Prepare to be devastated because there are multiple boxes of Freddos at the back. They could have been yours, but they belong to these children. Let's give our children a round of applause. You've done a wonderful job of sitting and engaging. And now we've got one last bit of things that we're going to do. So I'm going to give this to Kate, and she's going to go to the back. And your prize is, there are lots of Freddos. You can have something out of there if you don't like chocolate. But if you go to the back, what we're going to do is we're going to practice all together listening to God's still small voice. And kids, Kate is going to help you do this. And you've got paper and pens to write with. So once you've got your reward, going to listen to God's still small voice the way that you've been practicing with your listening ears. And then we're going to write down what he's saying to us or draw it or color it or do something creative that's beyond my ability to imagine. And grown-ups, I've got a slightly different invitation for you. I want to invite you back into the story of Elijah because I don't know how it is that you arrived today. I don't know whether you've come in really happy, whether you've come in really low. I know that that there's a lot on for different people in the room. I don't know how you how you've found engaging with this idea of rhythms of rest, whether August is a really hard month for you, whether it just amps up your loneliness. I don't know what's going on for you. But I've been really struck by the questions that God asks Elijah in this passage. So let me read this last bit to you again, and I want to add in its final question. So... Going back into 1 Kings 19, it says this. Then God's word came to Elijah. Go stand on the mountain at attention before God. God will pass by. A hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God, but God wasn't to be found in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And after the fire... A gentle and quiet whisper like the sound of silence. When Elijah heard the quiet voice, 
he muffled his face with his great cloak, went to the mouth of the cave, and stood there. A quiet voice asked him, So, Elijah, now tell me, what are you doing here? That's my question for you today. That's the question I want to invite you to hear from God this morning and to respond and to take a minute in quiet as our kids begin to do their listening to God and write. I'm sure they'll all get their sweets and go absolutely dead silent in a minute, but for that, for now, we'll press through the distraction. I want to invite you to hear Jesus addressing this question to you this morning. Hear your name in this sentence. So, Ben, Luke, Miles, Gail, Duncan, now tell me, what are you doing here? A Jesus version might be, what do you want me to do for you? And your invitation now is to spend a couple of minutes in quiet before God to answer that and to converse with God. And I'll close this in prayer in a minute.